Kia ora everyone. This episode of The Stag Roar is brought to you by Shearsies. After COVID last year, I wanted to start putting away some money to create a little bit of a nest egg on top of what I was already doing with KiwiSaver. Shearsies allowed me to invest $25 a week in the share market and see the returns. If you'd like to start investing in the share market, follow the link in the show notes and you'll receive $5 to go towards your first investment. Check it out in the show notes. Follow the link to Shearsies. Sick, bro. Fucking headphones and all. Yeah, it's a, um, it's a fuzzy place. Ooh, nice. Yeah, let's shift over to Bob. Right. To sit behind it. Kia ora, kia ora, kia ora. Test, test. Check, check a one, one, one. Yeah, how much can you max it out? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, cheer, boy. Oosh. Bloody pleasure, mate. Final uh, podcast in Hawke's Bay with, you know, one of Hawke's Bay's finest. Sick, bro. <laughs> oh, that's humbling. <laughs> Cheers, bro. Nice. Man. And um, you gave it the check, check. I just was flicking through a wee reel there of you emceeing to a bit of DMV. Yeah, bro. How's yeah. that go, bro? Yeah, nah, good. Good. Now um, I've been um fucking loving it, eh? It's um yeah, it's been a lot of fun to get into that. We're basically inspired by the boys, you know, like <laughs> yeah. coming on as three style Thursdays and then just seeing them do what they do and the freestyle rapping and, and you know, the way I see and like the attitude I have towards life and everything else is like fucking if if they're doing it, why can't I? So it's yeah, so basically, and that's what I froth most off is drum and bass, and I just get into like, <laughs> just get into the zone as I think a lot of people, a lot of Kiwis will be able to oh, to yeah. relate to, bro. Just to grime out, and then just starting to get the flow of things and the confidence, and just yeah, I think everything's just growing with confidence in front of cameras and mics, and mm. you know, performing. Um, so now, bro, it's just going hand in hand, and yeah been loving the loving the emceeing and and it will be a part of the future we've actually just been hit up to to emcee another gig kimsey and i from mardi gras so yeah mardi was sick bro that was unreal (laughs) like we um we rolled in on the friday night and um with all the boys and and stuff a carload of us and sort of didn't know what to expect well we knew what to expect but it was full-fledged froth of course but um we rolled Options into were this endless. yeah yeah fully bro <laughs> we're staying on campus um we, you know collabing with um audiology on the the merch range so we had the, the official festival merch range so that was misfits and mardi gras and audiology which was dope and mm. it, yeah it went really well sick to see a whole lot of people wearing that round and so yeah that's why we're up there and then we're shooting uh, um like a misfits marty doco as well like a mini doco which will be sick can't wait to drop that but yeah it Could was um, Gordas, eh? yeah bro. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah bro it was it, yeah we, it was coming in hot we knew we were in for a huge weekend but then yeah rolled in that first night and and we knew one of the boys from Hawke's Bay was, um, he's like a local up there. He's like a resident DJ, essentially, or BMC, Mahana. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the bro. He's a, he's a epic dude and um, surf with him and stuff. And um, yeah, so he was on. And then we were like, bro, do you want us? We've got some mics. Do you want us to come MC for you? And then I uh, rolled on in, bro, and uh, ended up MCing on his set. And it just cranked powder keg went off i don't know it was like 
heaving mm. heaving capacity sort of thing eh? so it would have so been that's, like 300 that's the night before the, the main the main gig yeah bro people are going hard a bit like the old uh, 30th before new year's yeah yeah <laughs> fully bro absolutely send the boat out on the night before yeah <laughs> yeah dog 100 and then um we caught up with the the day after we caught up with um levi dmb who mm. we actually walked into her set was the first like bit of music we walked into so like where we're staying was right above the um hot lava bar mm-hmm. it was just like so much history and classic shit has gone down there bro like it's written on the walls sort of thing you know yeah. it was hard case so rolled into her and saw her set and then did our thing and then came back and caught up with her that night and we're like yo what, what's been going on she saw what we did and just like she did love um cam's ear and i had to jump up and mc for her the day after at mardi gras so at two Girl lodge and yeah we hit her set she's an absolute mad dog but on the decks mm. um a couple of couple of the cdjs weren't even working like <laughs> she's just running faulty gear and she still killed it and mm. then yeah the boys came up c mouse jumped in mc mouse um jumped in and the boys just went ham hey eh? so yeah the MCing is just i think it just goes hand in hand these boys obviously have got the most crazy flows and freeze and then just coming in what i bring is like the hype and the energy with mm. that with some flows and freeze as well but not <laughs> to the nearly the You've extent of what the what the boys that's what i was talking about i want to start writing a bit eh? yeah to get those basically you know crank bars and stuff as well when that time happens so yeah. something I'm definitely going to look into doing. Yeah, it was crack up after talking to Seamus and he was saying about his first first freestyle. We just kind of like finally dove into it and it came out full right. And like I said, looking back on it, it's probably terrible. But yeah, like just got to take that first step. And then so, yeah, but like, yeah, I love DMB. Just <laughs> I'll be um, hanging out with Billy in this bar pool at my mate's place with a bit of drum and bass on the, on the sound system and yeah, just trying to drop lines like, fire out there's like so many like intelligent things that i'd like to say in this but how do you put it together yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bad, and like fuck um with friction old dynamite mm. mc far out he was he was outrageous and then and um back in the day listened uh, it was with pendulum uh, it was called jungle sound and there's this one line on on that that album that was always it sticks to me that was like um he's just in a we're all low part of a liquid drum bass it's like this one's going out to all people all nations all races sizes different sides of the equator <laughs> it's like fucking eh? yeah it's like good good shout out it's like you're saying you f- bring, bring in the hype and just like real flowy you stuff you feel it eh but yeah yeah when that hype's there it's incredible what an MC can bring to a set like I see like really learning from the whole experience and I'm so new into it is just that the MC connects the crowd to the to the DJ. Mm. You know, you've got the the DJs going hard as, and that's sick. But I think that X factor is the MC that can really connect and hype that that crowd to connect with the DJ. The DJ's like they're killing it, and you're hyping the DJ to connect with the crowd. Yeah, and you just see that and feel that energy, and it's just ah. Oh, I think it correlates right across. Why I love it so much is because it correlates right across to the feeling of, of um, of the extreme sports yeah. of like being in that zone, bro. Of just being like the adrenaline's pumping, you're on the edge, you know. 
it's um of a different edge but it's the edge Mm -hmm. and it's just it's just such a sick zone to be in and you're hyping everyone up you're spreading that froth you know that's first and foremost which is a lot of fun but the vibe at a uh, motocross event the mc is bloody on the mic all day but are you hearing much of that like obviously fucking motocross is loud Mm, yeah bro but um can you ever hear a crowd or or um mc or or commentator yeah bro like it depends like if it's yeah, for sure. Like over the years with Moto, yeah, um, there's like the old Turbo Tonsils and Neil Ritchie, bro. <laughs> Neil Ritchie, the old dog that keeps on charging, eh? Hey, he's like, he'd bro, he'd probably be a wild MC if he threw into some drum and bass. Yeah, just pops it. <laughs> yeah, so any all the Moto frothers out there, you guys would crack up at that because he's just an old dog that would he goes pretty hard on the bears and he, he's just a good fella. Um, but yeah, bro, like the whole amp as well with like free ride moto and like, like, you know, I guess the nitro circus, a lot is to come yeah. down to the MC. It's yeah. the MC that connects the crowd to the performance. How, how much are you into, um, freestyle, um, snow, like when they do like a rail in the middle of town, like that's, yeah, that's trip another, jams and stuff. Yeah. That's another good vibe. Yeah, bro. Yeah. That's so sick. We actually, I, um, we threw one down in Dunedin, bro. Good. When I was yep. working for Red Bull, and we did it in Forsyth Bar, out the back there, bro, and <laughs> in the indoors, and it was loose. We used to have this uh, surf and skate shop down down home in Vicargo called the Fridge, and um, yeah, they brought a whole bunch of snow, snow down from Kajona to the middle of um, it's not the main street, but it's a one way street in town called Dawn Street, and they yeah just dumped a whole bunch of snow down there and yeah jib jam in the middle of Invercargill mm. it was outstanding such a vibe bro because it's just out of the ordinary and then you've got people standing around and having beers and drinks or whatever or just watching out and frothing out and have you you have the tunes pumping and it's just mm-hmm. a vibe eh? they do it hard in um, Canterbury yeah yeah they um, at the uni at like the foundry Cuba yeah oh, yeah. yeah Cuba run it at the, at the foundry I think yeah. we're yeah. just out of there yeah and it's always a vibe like oh just a big party and full sins, bro. So good. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't get any better. Drop it down. Yeah. yeah. Fucking hey. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you brought up um, Levi. I just saw her, her post. Um, mm. Pendulum DJ sets coming with Prototype and some other massive name. And then she said that there's a um, all girls supporting lineup. Um, again, that's audiology. I think that's right. Yeah, there. bro. Came on crooked. Yeah, that's the one. That's yeah. it. Cars. They just release an absolute banger. <laughs> Shout out to Mitch. Mitch Dog. Holy. We um, I was actually, yeah, we, I was talking to him tonight and we, I was texting as he just dropped that. Yeah. He texted each other as he just dropped that tour and he sent me through that poster and I was like, holy shit, bro. You are absolutely firing. That's unreal. That tour is going to be loose. It's um, kicking off end of July oh, and running through August, bro. <laughs> what, this year? That, that tour? Oh, yeah. Yeah, bro. Oh, shit. This is next <laughs> month and the month after just bringing heat, Don't brother. do that. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, fuck. Oh, man. The next year's just been ruined. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just go on tour. There's like shit just been thrown at you, eh? Yeah. Like, Lords coming here and like March or something. Mm. Bloody ball on. Um, what else is coming around? Oh, Kings Leon are coming. Bro, it's this. just, it's the place to be, bro. Oh, pend- oh I can't miss Pendulum. Pendulum is Damn it. all time. <laughs> Holy. NZ Tour. Yeah. On. I've seen, I've seen them live set at the rainiest. 
Rhythm and Vines ever, 2011. Straight up. <laughs> they go hard in the rain. Oh, it was, I, that night it wasn't raining, but yeah. No. Bro, I'll tell you about <laughs> Pendulum in the Rain, because holy shit, <laughs> we, we watched them first Bay Dreams ever. First Bay Dreams, yeah, right. I haven't even mentioned that too much. The f- <laughs> one, probably the best and most funnest festival I've ever been to was the first ever Bay Dreams when it was inside the um, the Mount Stadium. Yeah. And stock car track, so it was just shit itself, <laughs> and it was just clay, yeah. like deep mud, bro, mm. like deep mud, and just wearing boardies, rash shirts, and it was just like sideways rain, and Pendulum were on stage, just like cranking, like all their kit was getting just wet as, yeah, just like what movies are made of, bro, it was just like, just frothing out with all these other, just... They're like just creatures mm. and it was just epic no one cared <laughs> it was hot still and it was raining and it was just like yeah pendulum unreal fucking unreal oh, you're yeah. talking about like the kit getting wet um the rhythm and alps we went to down there in the cadrona valley it was snowing um not on the ground but yeah we woke up in the morning and i was like oh, that's why it was so cold the snow all on the mountains but um on yeah, new year's yeah on oh, new year's Eve. yeah right yeah Sorry. old um shapeshifters out there like got covers on all their synths and stuff and i was like oh man these guys aren't even gonna be play but nah unleashed hell of a set front front row as always get, what shape is shapeshifter yeah, yeah get out of my way yeah <laughs> <laughs> move out of the way yeah. i need to be at p digs feet yeah i got a little bit overzealous at uh wilkinson yeah um there's a guy that's been a bit of a pain in the ass for quite a while hey. and, and i just dropped the elbow on the on the barrier and so a few people came for me but i thought they were going to grab him so i kind of ducked down <laughs> and they were kind of grabbing him for a while and then all of a sudden they pulled me and then it was like out to the side and i was like where's old mate and they're like oh no he's still there i was like this is bullshit <laughs> <laughs> and my mate who was still there said yeah it's an absolute dick for a while while longer too so one of those guys, yeah. eh? Hopefully he had a sore hand, because I had a sore elbow. <laughs> Did you drop it into his hand? Yes, because he's get trying to sneak through. He's just been Classic, yeah. Get out, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get out of here, you yeah. scoundrel. We've been here all day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, some bird, though, she fully... I don't know how she ended up on her back, but she was on her back and just didn't get up, and everyone's just like looking down like, you're right there, love. And eventually, we, we all picked her up again and... <laughs> Sent her on her way out the front, but hit the dick, hit the dick, but then like just didn't get up, didn't move. And we're like, you gotta move, love. <laughs> <laughs> you can't hold it for too long. <laughs> Classic, bro. Gigs, eh? Oh no, oh, I'm so excited. We're um, planning our next Misfit gig nice. in Wellington as we speak. <sighs> it's gonna be a sick one. Yeah, we're taking the Misfit froth to the capital, <laughs> baby. What's the connection? Um, well, a couple of the boys. Well, yes, I'm working with Shiv, who's the business partner in the promotional side of like Live Elements and Misfit Music. <laughs> um, yeah, bro, yeah. So and he's undefined, and he's an absolute legend. He DJed at the Misfit Bushdoff, and then I went to uni with him, and then his part he partnered with me for Destination Graduation, mm-hmm. and um, he's just the man. So going forward, we're just gonna keep growing and growing and growing this thing and we're just going to take this everywhere we've got this formula now you know to build off and we're just going to take these misfit gigs everywhere mm. so we, we're planning wellington we want Alcuni, we want the mount taupo hawks bay and then down south as well for sure watch out yeah big time we're going to take yeah it's going to be so sad and it's like an area i really enjoy working in a like 
promotion is sick mm-hmm. and just being it, getting into it this year it's just essentially you know we've got this this brand this beast of 90,000 strong now with misfits it's just Fuck, so you, correlates you put on another five since you talked to Joe <laughs> yeah bro since I talked to yeah so we've yeah yeah bro so Ooh. we've got yeah it's 90,000 strong on misfits now with TikTok Facebook Instagram and stuff um yeah it's crazy bro the amount it's growing and then bro it was unreal seeing the energy on a national scale at mardi gras yeah like that was like really eye-opening like there's get you know we're out and about and we get hit up and i get hit up and for yarns and stuff but like mardi gras was next level people were just like full-fledged frothing Mm. over like the energy misfits is bringing to people's lives and it's, it was so humbling and just always stoked to talk to people when they come up and just froth out and they see the energy we bring, you know, when we're on the mics <laughs> um, and, and just doing our thing or sending it or whatever. Um, it's really epic to see. Because where was that merch then? Uh, that was where pre-accreditation. Ah, so nice. that was this first part and then they sold it at the festival itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where we first caught up and, and met people and saw people's amp and smiles and we um that's when Cam Z went both of us went live on Misfits and we also just frothed out for what forty five minutes at the pre accreditation while people were getting passes and stuff and just brought that amp eh? like drum and bass were playing we cranked it high got a mic and then <laughs> just just met, oh it was it was sick just him seeing and getting everyone amped up. Yeah. For the for the big finale that night. Nah, bloody good. And, and what what were you guys pimps? <laughs> yeah, bro. Well, Kamsey dressed dressed like he does every weekend. <laughs> the real pimp, the legend. Uh, so I basically just dressed dressed up as Kamsey's Kamsey's match. <laughs> but yeah, bro, pimps. That's yeah. what we went as, which was hard case. Fuck, I had a thought before you were talking about um playing it. Uh, Bay Park, I oh, don't no, Bay Park. Watching Pigeon at Bay Park and, and the Speedway um, stuff. Did you ever play um, at FMG and, and the Mighty Man or two? Walk, walk. Rugby, yeah, yeah, bro, yeah, yeah. No, that was good. That's a main field to play at. Eh? What's it called Boneyard? Is it? I don't know. Is that what they call it? I haven't heard of that. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. Might be some another rugby ground Boneyard. That might be actually. That might. If be. It, what FMG Stadium? Yeah. What, what's the nickname for FMG Stadium? I don't know. Turbo country. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, there's some turbo pants out going, fucking whatever. Whatever it is. The bucket heads, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah those bucket heads are like, yeah, bro. And again, furious at the stag heads. They're like, oh, that's shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I performed some blasphemy at um, FMG, played football on that ground. Sure. Yeah. We got our ass kicked. Nice. Nice. <laughs> our coach, Character building. Our, yeah. Our coach took us into the sheets after that and was just like, said, we're an embarrassment. I was like, oh, <laughs> bro, chill. Yeah, come on, bro. We just here to play some footy, mate. <laughs> nah, it was deserved. It was earned. Right. Yeah. Fly up from Dunedin and embarrass ourselves. Yeah, what yeah. we, what representing, like. Yeah, so it was uh, is that National like, Youth League. So it was before. Before they um, amalgamated the National League teams with the Youth League teams, so it would be like, so there was the National League, which was sort of club stuff, loosely um, representing the Federation units, but we were playing as a Federation unit. So we were Southern, we were sort of Timaru South, Canterbury was, uh, I suppose, Ashburton North, then there was Central, um, 
which must have been a pretty tiny little group. And then there was, uh, so sorry, Capital, then Central, which was the, the usual sort of Central District stuff. Um, the Northern Districts guys didn't include um, Northland. Then there was Auckland. They might have had two teams and then North and North Auckland. Right on. Yeah, so there was seven federations. I might have added a team there. But yeah, there were okay. seven federations. and So representing Southland. Southern, yeah, Southern. Timaru South. Hyatt. Yeah, a couple, a couple of years doing that. That was the Man, second year. Bro. Yeah. So you went hard with the footy? Yeah, while, while, at, while I was at high school anyway. Yeah. Moved to Auckland, got a rude awakening. Went, went to try to play for Central United, who own Auckland City. I don't know, I needed a Croatian last name, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> no shit, they just still own ports. No, just the the I don't know if it's rude to say delis, but yeah, they like, like <laughs> I think it's called the Dalmatian Club. Right. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, like lots of the um, Croatian community play at Central United. Oh, yeah. They got big links to the Croatian club out West Auckland and Dalmatian club and just like rippers. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some, you know, uh, I think the Simanovic is part of the reason why they they do so well. Right. Got the got the cash. Yeah. Right. Yeah. On that helps. That helps. <laughs> Own a fishing company, that helps. Yeah, yeah, bro. It does indeed. Now, you got you got some good memories at uh, one or two stadium? Yeah, bro. Yeah, walking, walking across the clay. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, um, when did I actually play for Varsity? It was when I was Varsity Prems, played there. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was sick. It was good. It's always a vibe. Playing in stadiums, eh? Yeah. When a oh, footy. Did you go to varsity tournament up in Topol? Yeah, bro. Good times, eh? Yeah, yeah, hard out. <laughs> yeah, bro. We, who do we... Who's it? We played the Tron, eh? Hamilton. Waikato Uni. Waikato Uni. And then, who else came through to that? Or, was yeah, Auckland. Auckland. We used to come down. And um, our boys Uni. They used to come up. Yeah. Yeah, bro. That'd be it, eh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah what, the four of the... Four, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah bro yeah that was sick yeah played that up in the taupo yeah yeah rugby days eh it's loose i haven't actually talked about it in ages but yeah played footy played rugby and lived and breathed it from when i was four to when i was when i moved back here yeah yeah played right through prems and and senior b's and stuff through uni and then yeah mostly prems so played senior B's first year, and then that was that was awesome. No Colts up there. Right? Nah, there was Colts, but I went straight to mm. the big big fellas and sort of mixed them with. I was in between senior B's and and senior A's playing mm-hmm. prems, out of first year and then second year year rolled on through, and then there was just there's so much competition as well, and mm. I wasn't necessarily the biggest fella. What as an op- open, open side, side. Yeah, yeah bro so I was like are you the same as me a bit lacking in height yeah yeah, yeah bro so like, I was, I was, you got to jump in the line and you're like yeah I can jump yeah <laughs> <laughs> just took me at the back bro I'll fly <laughs> yeah. yeah let me hit someone yeah I'll catch the guy yeah the yeah definitely so that was bro I just loved defense eh? like that's the biggest I just loved still do just love smashing people mm. just like collision and but then I started, you know, at Prem's level when I'm 90 kgs, mm-hmm. like smacking over 140 kg locks and props and stuff. My shoulders didn't like <laughs> me too much. So I started damaging rotator cuffs and things like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I went and played varsity for seniors 
and then went through and spent my last third year at uni playing for Takawa mm-hmm. Prems, and that was a lot of fun, bro. Mm-hmm. On the side of the scrum and just with a bunch of farm boys and a bunch <laughs> of legends that just loved having fun and getting on the piss yeah. and playing code. And we'd, you know, we'd t- oh, we'd, it was a vibe, bro. It was real cool. And there's a couple of varsity boys that jumped across because they wanted, you know, that starting and game time and things like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, big ups to the Tikawa Club. That was a lot of fun. Wouldn't change anything, eh? And yeah, yeah. And that was my last last year playing footy was for Tikawa Prems, and then came back here, bro. And that's when you know, like extreme sports turned into a big part of my job or started to anyway. Mm-hmm. And then I just didn't have any time to be able to play rugby and afford to be injured and shoulders and things like I did rotator cuffs four times over those Oof. years and and it was heavy bro like i still to, to this day feel them mm-hmm. and like still damage them and stuff on bales but yeah i just couldn't afford to um to be injured through rugby all the all the time commitment you know if you yeah. say if you're playing senior a's or well your whole saturday's written off yeah bro and what the commitment to the yeah. tuesday thursday tuesday, thursday and then like i mm. know oh, i know um my ex will say I was pretty much gone, uh, like as a person. For by the time I got home on Friday afternoon, I was I was prepping, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was a bit. But like you were saying, that first year, sort of between the two teams, yeah, you know, um, you know, <laughs> shit off a joke. It's not the All Blacks, you know? yeah, yeah, but it could be. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's how you got to think, though. No, nah, but bloody <laughs> oath, bro, that's what you roll into. It's a, it's like a lifestyle, fully, eh? Like you just in the zone and you're chasing it and you love it and the i think one of the most epic things with footy and rugby is you know the camaraderie and the team Mm. the team vibe bro like that's real sick that you can't get anywhere else like in that way yeah yeah i think that's a huge huge thing you know you're traveling with the boys and you're just having a whole lot of fun and the banter and giving each other shit and but at the end of the day you're going bloody hard on that field you know Mm and you're just smashing people for each other and you're just having a lot of fun and yeah bro rugby was a hell of a good time yeah I know um, a couple of my mates uh, one of our other mates is playing third div over in Palmy and gnarly. yeah went for his flat, flat warming <laughs> yeah gnarly yeah that's yeah. it gets wild <laughs> eh? third like, div bro like for his flat warming a few of the boys were there and they're just you know talking rugby and we're sitting going what you know a bit like that you guys aren't the all blacks you're playing third div yeah you know 100 tkg hook um halfbacks and yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's just like exactly that eh? like they are having such a good time mm. you know and and you know <laughs> yeah. they're, they're just lucky enough that they must have the right sort of job that it really doesn't matter if they can't lift their arm on, on monday morning yeah, or something. oh dangerous eh? they're just the the gnarliness of third div and oh riff yourself that sort just, of carry on yeah hard out <laughs> oh yeah nah hard out that's why i said it was uncontested no no i still scrub it's like how yeah <laughs> people don't know how to scrub maybe the winger jumps in his prop because the bro didn't turn up or he's hung over yeah. eh? dangerous <laughs> dangerous bro, dangerous rugby yeah, yeah no footy yeah awesome I, I put up the other day um the little clip uh tv one had from ben afiaki I've got a story about him too but um, yeah that was his head knocking just all the effects he's had and oh with that concussion with stuff with concussion stuff yeah and mum like, told me about that eh? yeah that's def- definitely now like I did play another year over, while I was over in Aussie and it probably wasn't the best idea but 
definitely now having been away from rugby for a couple of years yeah that's that's a hard no now like i, I got so smashed <laughs> big head knocks here big head i didn't get knocked out but the world the world turned 180 and i knew it i couldn't remember the night before um couldn't, <laughs> physio couldn't, like i tried to stand up and basically like rotated around on the ground so then it just sat on the ground physio comes over she's like are you right i was like not really <laughs> and she's like oh what's the score i was like couldn't tell you who we played last week couldn't tell you uh, so like, it was annoying because yeah. i already knew it's lots big. about concussion yeah and then to have it happen to you and know that you can't answer questions that are real simple was just like shit <laughs> yeah 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 hard out that's 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 hardcore eh? when you and you when you sit back and you're like you laugh about it but you're like holy shit there must be something going on up there that's yeah how it doesn't connect or how you black out and not remember yeah i'm i'm hope i'm hopeful that what i did afterwards could put me in good steed like i was like already like when i was playing i was smashing heaps of fish all before the game yeah i was taking exogenous ketones there trying to be in ketosis for the game and then when i finished again i like smashed back more fish all got that like drunk heaps of water um loose my, my mate who had a bad concussion later at a triathlon in, in Binting, he said also that pretty much straight away your gut just shuts down so you get leaky gut straight away and so it can be take take its time to recover again so he was like oh jump he's jumped straight on to having probiotics but what i did there was a um so i'd had a hip surgery between seasons and then i got that concussion um and so then I went and saw an integrative practitioner that's in Hamilton, real buzzy dude. Um, and he had just really made sure that I like, got like leaky gut and um, I was harboring a little bit of mold, not surprisingly, for some of the flats that I lived in. Yeah. <laughs> I remember our place in Auckland. They were Bro, what position did you play? Fl- flanker as well. Flanker. Yeah. What, six or seven? Six, seven or eight, yeah. Oh, I mean, just yeah. a Lucy. Just, just, yeah, but like you just, just love the contact. Just, and just this- defend and, and carry. Yeah, and then, but like, um, so when I changed over from football, um, I sort of. <laughs> when did you change then? And first year of uni. Oh yeah. yeah, I rocked up to the Eden Rugby Club, and just told a lie that I'd played um, first fifteen rugby for James Huggers College. Nobody cares. They're stuck anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I said I was like centre or first five, and so played a bit of centre, and then went to Dunedin, um, played for Varsity Blues, sort of fullback centre. Um, and then the year after that played Varsity B and was in the Otago Pre-Academy so that was kind of um, with the Polytech you did I don't know what it was I think it was just like a Spawn Rec certificate so you, you got sort of two mornings training in the gym with coaching and then two afternoons training like um, skills and, and fitness and stuff on top of your rugby training yeah yeah and then so then went to Auckland was playing fullback quite a bit and then one oh, I've been playing sevens up there and then one summer I came home to Chicago and I was like fuck I'll see if I can play sevens for Southland and so I just had a link through somebody and yeah rocked on up and played season and got non-traveling reserve went to the qualifying tournament and then he yeah, scored a try on the tally yeah <laughs> nice dog gave it gave it the varsity vipers yeah <laughs> on the tv represent yeah and so yeah non-traveling reserve and then so the guy that i'd I got the link with he's like oh what i reckon you should do is stop playing fullback and go be a loose forward and see 
see how much weight you can put on in a year so this was my final year of uni moved in with with a bunch of legends um so we just basically study hard get home have like a caffeine nap when we get home so pop a um caffeine pill go for 20 minutes sleep wake up so the caffeine's starting to kick in smash some protein smash some pre-gym go to the gym come home eat dinner like we all cook one night a week so and all the flat yeah so there's four of us and then yeah then just study till like 10 30 midnight whatever do it all again the next day and so yeah i managed to put on 10 kgs in a year loose and then um went back to back to southland still ran a 13.6 uh beep test yeah the year before i'd done like a 16 something yo-yo it was it was good and then um yeah non-traveling reserve again i was like fuck uh, <laughs> um, so they had a great time in queenstown that year yeah <laughs> oh no actually i got my years wrong and no, that was the first year um that they had moved to Rural by then and yeah, then um started working and didn't, didn't play rugby and then come come the end of the year i was like oh i might play sevens again so i played for linwood and then yeah again got in the canterbury squad and non-traveling reserve again yeah <laughs> oh, got, got to play at the mount tournament though that was that was pretty Man. sick yeah sevens is a sick game eh bro oh absolutely love it eh? so epic yeah. there's so much space such high pace yeah and like that's where you, i don't know def, like especially if you love if you're that's why so many flankers are good at sevens because they love the, the defensive part of it mm. and it's like open space and so you've just got to be so accurate on your tackle yeah tackle, bro. tackle technique got to try shut down the offload as well yeah and yeah if you can get to your feet and get turnover and get the ball back holy cow having position is awesome yeah yeah bro <laughs> hard out that's that's it eh? like the turnovers as well you've got that much time and way less people to try roll you so yeah. it's space it's always a f- awesome feeling turning over pill yeah oh, that can read that can be side like you ended up not doing too well at the tournament, but it was it was a good squad. A eh? um, we had Jerry Vovo, um, who ended up going to Auckland playing for Wing for Auckland for a bit. He's been in the he's on seven squad for a bit. Don't know where he's at the moment. Um, Amanaki Nicole, who's in the current squad. Sam Dixon, he was already in the squad, but um, yeah, he sort of trained with us. It was it was loose, eh? Yeah, yeah man. Just like been surrounded by that as well no doubt yeah It'd be awesome yeah there was something i heard you talk about with with joe on his slow forward like that um and what you said about emceeing as well like you see so many people doing stuff and you have it you know you find an interest in it and then you go well why the fuck can't i i do that um that's what this podcast is about that's why i interview people because it's like here's some here's some good buggers they're just doing stuff man we, we did that sort of start showing up that idea that man if, if someone can do it why can't i do it and joe joe brought up that that awesome quote that's like if not when uh if not now then when and if not uh, you then who yeah 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 fully bro i think um really it came predominant leaving university yeah <clears throat> it's always like lingered in me i think you know it always has like the way i operate i'm not really you know, there's so much rad things going on, people doing awesome stuff. We're all also understanding we're all human. Mm. We have two legs, two arms, you know, two ears, whatever, if we're lucky. Mm. Um, and I just, around the optimism and opportunity, 
like the way I feel I'm very like fortunate to be able to be healthy and fit and mm. stuff so it's like why not make the most of everything I've got you know risk you know it comes down to risk and or well not it's it's um calculated risk risk yeah calculated risk not reckless and um I think yeah it it really so you know it's a big part of what I do now and push because I live by it mm. and that's why I've progressed so much in my range of extreme sports as a polyathlete now you know it's a huge part of my job in extreme sports polyathlete mm. with free ride motocross free ride mountain bike surfing and snowboarding and I think having that um that mindset of just being exactly being in that moment just being like all right i've seen this happen before i've you know essentially studied it or i've watched riders do this and that i'm gonna try that Mm. i'm gonna try hit it you know they've tried it before Mm. they try you know like that saying you know when you've got to start somewhere Mm -hmm. that's literally where it begins and i think just giving it a crack instead of like the way people are instead you know different strokes for different folks but I'm always about giving things a crack. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you come up short and you feel like you could have got it again, like go again. Mm. And then if you feel like, you know, you want to keep progressing and you get hurt, you'd go it again. Mm. Um, but you can learn from it and you keep going and you don't quit. Like mm. I just don't have that quit, quit, quit a mentality. Also, just, like what elements of whatever you're trying to do can you work on? Like are there, is there a way to break break down what you're trying to work on yeah. and nail some elements or or... You know what's the weakness and what you're trying to do can mm. you work on that somehow yeah bro. and then come back to it yeah yeah fully bro and i think that that's in everything mm. you can break it down you can like you see calculated risk and you can really line things up if you want to like you know learn how to flip a push bike um it's Get about, a phone pit. yeah 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 <laughs> or airbag or whatever yeah, yeah yeah um and then watch i remember before i was um i learned the night before i was like i'm gonna I'm going to learn how to flip tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I was watching videos how to flip a, a push bike yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. Like the first video that comes up and then I was watching that. And I kept watching like the real basic parts and, that, and then it just came down to the commitment side of it. You know, I can... And it like it just happens in my head. It's natural. It's, you know, you're going with the flow of it. You know, you're already... If you're hitting a ramp, you're already spinning you know like Mm -hmm. it's your projectile whatever so yeah it was just everything like as that that was snowboarding as well and then everything correlates across in a way Mm -hmm. you know like i can flip um a wakeboard i can flip a snowboard and i can flip a push bike and i want to flip a motorbike Mm -hmm. for sure Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's just um yeah it's just about getting giving things a crack something that comes to mind is like when you see, say, pro or elite level, whatever, you know, they're just so much further along, you know, the 10,000 hours or however many hours. Yeah. You're just so much further along. And it's like getting that switch to commit to jumping on that path of, of learning. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's like, um, especially if you've got like a, found, like you say, when it comes to flipping, you've got a foundation across multiple sports. Yeah. So taking on that and so that means that you can skip out a few of those 10,000 hours because you can bring in some prior knowledge because it yeah exactly and correlates across and I think a lot with the way my mentality 
and I think being able to excel over the last few years be as a you know being a part of my job and really focusing it on becoming a part of my job is that it correlates across with mentality mm. and I think you can carry that across anything um, yeah. that you want to get done yeah. like it comes down to the end of the day how bad do you want it if you want to get it done get it done like you know don't half ass don't not commit if you're like learning how to backflip mm. don't don't fucking pull out halfway bro yeah you know like it's um you've got to commit fully and um you know when you don't commit that's when shit goes wrong or doesn't work mm. and that's with everything yeah that's with everything business if you don't fully commit to shit fully it's not going to happen for you mm. if you quit mid half midway mid mid rotation mid planning mm. you know it's gonna it's not going to work but if you go full into it and then you you tend to come off like you know when when if you committed to a full flip mm-hmm. the best way to correlate this across to anyone out there that's listening and relatable and relatable senses you know you don't want to hit this ramp and half ass it or you're going to hurt yourself by landing on your head or neck <laughs> you know and that's that's literally what it comes to but if you fully commit to that rotation you're probably going to spin all the way around mm. and you're going to probably land on your ass or feet and you'll be sweet as you know compared to landing on your neck where it could go so much worse mm. um and then you could you know relating that right across to business you fully committing and you go all in you're you're going to come out better even if you come up short of what you wanted to set out on those goals you set out on you're going to get, you're going to be closer to the objective mm. but if you go half ass you're going to come way short because you didn't prepare properly you didn't you know you didn't learn something or you didn't you just didn't commit so that's not going to work mm. like that's literally such a big learning curve of what i think about life in itself and for everyone out there successful people successful athletes compared to if it would have could have should have people gunners mm. <laughs> i was gonna yeah. i was gonna do it yeah exactly bro or like you know i was doing this i was doing this but oh this happened it's like you know that's what separates the dude that's on top or mm. the girl that's on top mm. to the people that are not doing it anymore. Yeah, and um, I was also unfortunately talking with so many people, and then I listened to heaps of shit too, <laughs> like vast array of podcasts. Especially driving driving north, I managed to smash out a good like six podcasts in a weekend. One half speed is the key. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, fuck knows where it was. But it was saying about how, especially if you've got a base in something, you can really nail into, say, a sport in the space of two years. Yeah. And um, that, that kind of resonated with me. Like, had this, so you had sort of swimming and, and uh, fo- football background from young age, sort of five, five years old. And then hit high school, played water polo, and sort of got to reasonable level with that. Sort of representing South Island and New Zealand trials and stuff. And yeah, football playing high level, and then flipped to to rugby. And within sort of one year, was you know made made varsity um, blues down in Dunedin, and then and we went to the final with that. Then the next year, I was sort of playing with the Killer Bees and got got one or two. Um, bench rolls off for Varsity A and then came to Auckland and then, you know, start the road again. Yeah. And then sort of, you know, did the sevens and stuff like that. And, you know, that was in the space of three or four years with rugby. And, you know, it's just like, 
it is exactly that if you if you push yourself then it's amazing what's possible and like this, this is not a regret of mine but this is a and, and unfortunately for that if that was to be my path i was my key thing was being an optometrist so i wasn't gonna renege on that but it is amazing like you say if you could if you could fully commit to something it's amazing like what else could have been possible like that was what was possible with doing two three things yeah imagine what could have been possible doing one thing yeah yeah fully bro and that's what it sort of comes down to around decision making eh? is 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 if you want to go again it comes back to the time but sacrifice if you wanted that so much but missing out on all those things you know that you don't regret doing at all no (laughs) it's and because the people you met and the experiences you had it's yeah it's it's really interesting the way life works in terms of in terms of that way yeah and then like um you know watching the super rugby final on on saturday night i was disappointed the landers couldn't get up but at the same time seeing Curdy eckland just like have an absolute stellar game and and marcel renata get on the field and even bloody tom robinson being on the sideline carrying the waters it's yeah. just like yeah the varsity boys like yeah <laughs> like and, and, and you know like especially Curdy, um you know he's a absolute battler um played sevens with him heaps and then just like you know did his building apprenticeship and just kept sticking that rugby sticking that rugby i think he went down to bay plenty for a little while but yeah he got to that point where he fully committed and now he's just like on top of the world eh? it's just like that's what a super yeah a super championship wins the super championship starting hooker yeah that's that's epic bro and that's again just a definition of of sticking at something and you know, not necessarily getting it the first time, the second time, or the third time, but if you keep grinding, it's gonna, it's gonna happen. You know, like you said with the battlers, it's those people that really hold on if, if they want to get it done, and they've got some, you know, that sit in their head, no matter what noises around them, mm. they're gonna get it done, no yeah. matter what. And like um, earlier, and when it was still Aotearoa, the Facebook chat group, you know, checking on every now and again. You know, Facebook's a place you don't want to stay too long on but, <laughs> but the old the old rugby chat which is a bunch of good blokes um yeah all of a sudden oh Kurt Eklund for all blacks hooker i was like yeah boy <laughs> yeah it's like it's awesome to hear you know amongst amongst other friends then then speak about wow. people, people that you, you know and you've seen grind um you know and, and where it's like the all blacks it's like bloody awesome that is unreal yeah that's yeah i wonder if that sort of um lots and lots of steps and committing to it and doing it lots and lots and seeing the big picture and knowing that well why can't i do it i do wonder if that's like a small town thing like um ethan the group who just made the all blacks prop from gore he sort of talked about that they're like hey you don't need to send your kids away to you know some beads in the case of waitaki boys in the case of people from southland you know you can you can grow up here and and do it you know it, it, you might not get the exposure but you can still be a fucking awesome player with an awesome attitude yeah and look at me man i'm in the all uh, well exactly <laughs> bro and that's massively inspiring to all small towns out there and small town players and i think it is so true now bro to be able to everything's so accessible mm. um even though it is small town mm. everything is so interconnected with everything you know with content or if it's like the word of mouth or like you know mm. technology's really brought everything together so i absolutely believe that like mm. if you're if you're really good at what you do you can be based anywhere that, that's where like 
you know, going back to rugby, that's what's powerful about the likes of Hastings boys, Otago boys, Southern boys. Like, yeah, right. especially when you see it on, you know, it's, it's rugby, but Land Rover first 15, you know, bro, Saturday afternoon, unreal. Hastings boys versus um, Gisborne boys. Like, what a, what a match. That was the best thing Sky has ever done. Yeah. Is that they added first 15 rugby to the mix. That's such good rugby, eh? Mm. Such good code and seeing like the next generation of footy, of footy players come through. And like there, there are like New Zealand is is blessed like like you say four, four years old. Like I've got videos of me like no pants on, two years old, running around the backyard when the World Cup. But you know I didn't even end up playing rugby till I was nineteen. But mm. you know it's just so ingrained. So that means there's so many good players out there. But you can be in that team in the middle of Hastings and be a freak in a not necessarily a winning side, but can be freak and you can be seen. Yeah. And it's awesome. Yeah, bro. Yeah, fully. It is the... Yeah, that's incredible and it's so sick to be able to see that. That's, you know, the rugby gives the opportunity to to mm. people that are doing it rough or like, you know, going through, you know, these harder schools mm. um, that are not, you know, in particular, any flash in any sort of way, but there's rugby there for them to go to. Yeah. Or you know that heavy place or that escape again. It's you know getting I can fully correlate with all sports or outdoors, and rugby's that getaway and you get those. You know I've played with a lot of them, mm. like you know with rugby players that you know got hard upbringings and and you know homes and families and things like that from all different walks of life. But you know when you're with the rugby team, like back to that camaraderie and how special it is, and that that these kids that have brought up in the most gnarliest situations and, you know, is not as fortunate as you your are, you know, mm. um, they get the opportunity to be able to give it a crack, to be able to make that next step to possibly be a pro rugby player mm. or be a, you know, a, a super rugby player or ITM rugby player or a um, All Black, mm. you know, or a league player. There's a lot of league contracts, you know, going around. They love the Kiwis in that way, so... Mm awesome yeah and it's it's sort of two ways of looking at it as well you could kind of look at it like oh but that's rugby or you could look at it that's proof that anything's possible that and that goes back to what you're saying about social media and what we talked about last time you know those those servers in the back beaches those people on the backs of farms ripping backflips on their motorbikes yeah um those weekend warriors that are up the mountain or even weekday warriors that are up the mountains and just carving it up yeah all it takes now is just getting a little bit of content. Yeah. Getting a little bit of word of mouth. Hopefully you've you've got some good mates that get around you and support it and share it. But, you know. Yeah, big time, bro. It, it, it doesn't take much. Nah. Especially with, with TikTok. You know, if, if you have a video that pops all of a sudden, it's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, fully. You could go viral just with a simple clip. Yeah, it's... Um, Oh, it doesn't even be TikTok. All the all the yeah. traditional media's have been like that. Yeah, it? yeah, definitely. And yeah. that's yeah, the power of social media as we've talked about. It's um and I think it's, you know, that those people that want to give things a crack, I don't you know, to everyone out there that are, that is listening that, you know, might be like, Oh no, fuck. I don't want to do that because I might be judged or, you know, like whatever, because it's not everyone's bag. But if it's your bag, go charge large and mm. and film, start filming. You know, I remember at the start, it's like, what, what are you up to, bro? Like, what are you filming that for? And it's like, bro, because I'm actually capturing memories and I love this shit. 
you know we do some cool cool shit and look what we're doing and you know look what's come from that for me mm-hmm. you know it started picking up the camera and capturing and doc uh, documenting what we do and the character and things like that and even if it job. is just on um standard settings eh? yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely bro. i laughed when jesse said that i've got to throw jack under the bus here but standard settings what are you doing yeah bro, yeah even but actually it gets it done cuz like, absolutely what, yeah absolutely and yeah. it's like that's what i was, immediately what i thought i was like you know what that's the same with this podcast mate i just started recording on zoom with stupid little iphone headphones like now i've got some gears but that was, wasn't until like 180 episodes deep <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no that that's it bro like you can that's a huge part i think with anything the flash shit it's like you don't need it you no. can you you don't need to know every bloody setting you don't have to have all the gear to be able to be likable or mm. be a true charger or an extreme talent you know the eye comes down to what's up here mm-hmm. and um that's a, again correlates across to everything is a sportsman a creator of some sort a visionary of whatever it comes back to you you know mm. that's why it's so sick seeing like um kids come up or or like you know all sorts of people ripping on gnarly gear that's not necessarily the newest but they are shredding and mm. at the in the end they they're gonna get have new gear mm-hmm. you know yeah so like yeah, yeah. like there's, there's there's always levels to everything every single fucking thing yeah yeah and like um it's that's really i think you talked about a book with with joe on in slow forward that it's like acknowledges gratitude was that right yeah bro yeah and that that's like one of those things like just like like you say rip on what you got use what you got do what you do you know make the most yeah and know that the gnarly gear will come or, or the you'll learn something that was the other thing in that book hey like be an eternal learner was that 12 gifts or something yeah bro yeah. the ultimate gift though. ultimate yeah, yeah. i recommend everyone out there read it yeah i've it's never nuts. heard of that book hey that it's sounds incredible <laughs> bro i've um i was did the public speaking gig at the lindisfarne college yep since i've seen you yep. and um that was at the mums and sons breakfast that was in front of like 350 400 people Oof. and um i recommended and talked about the ultimate gift because it's like essentially made it's definitely helped carve me into who i am today mm. like i've read it three or four times and i'm gonna read it again in the next month mm-hmm. um it's really simple it's an easy read it's 150 pages and it just really keeps things in perspective like real simple things that you can live by you know the gift of work the gift of gratitude the gift of friendship the gift of um love the gift of um failure Mm. you know all those things that you can really learn from and i think that one of the biggest parts of the you know the learning curve is constantly learning Mm -hmm. is be optimistic and learn from everything whether it's success failure or anything around you that's going on just constantly take it in and be able to gauge it you know and like you're the decision maker go left or right you know off that and um i think yeah it's it's a i'd recommend everyone reading it since then lindisfarne went and bought a huge amount of ultimate gifts to put in their library Mm. which is epic because it's yeah, it's it's awesome, and a number of people since I've talked about it has has read the book, eh? and it's awesome. How was um, you know, you you spoke about Hastings Boys. How was uh, 
going into Lindisfarne and how was the preconceived ideas? The what do you mean? Like um, you probably few few high school ideas of what Lindisfarne College was probably showed up when you when you were rocking in, and then I'm sure that they were shattered. Yeah, I followed four or five Range Rovers into the car park. <laughs> okay, they, did, they didn't quite shatter your, yeah, your ideas. But yeah, yeah, no. yeah, peeking over the fence. Yeah, because <laughs> I didn't cut the mustard to make the line up for them. Um, which, oh, that was the first. That not was better, the, not better. <laughs> that was the first one of the first lines of my speech. Eh? Yeah, was um. You know, it was it was talking about um, gratitude. Yeah. And firstly, the boys having a kickstart to have the opportunity to be able to be learning at a super prestigious school. Yeah. And um, because I, I literally didn't cut it, you know, I didn't I didn't have the levels of like religion or um, bloodline or education or whatever. I didn't. I just didn't have anything that matched up to their criteria to be able to cut it like previous people or, or um family going and things like that so i like made that point straight off the bat and i went to hastings boys mm. and um and i you know from that i said i wouldn't i wouldn't change anything for the world because what i learned from hastings boys was the amount of different walks of life and stuff you couldn't learn at lindisfarne particularly you know or private schools because you're not associated with people that are uh, don't get lunches or have a bed to sleep on you know mm. um so it was really getting it was it led off with the point of that and um but these fellas these young fellas, it was crazy having the attention of all of them mm. of no shit like the whole time for 25 30 minutes of the the attention of these young fellas from year sevens to to year 13s bro was like incredible yeah. And it was so sick to be able to, you know, feel that respect and humbled by it. It was, um, it was awesome. And, uh, yeah, just, yeah, really eye opening. And that's definitely something I'm, I'm going down the track more of as public speaking. And that's again, what correlates straight across to emceeing is, yeah. you know, you're putting on a show, you're, you're entertaining. Yeah. And how'd the invitation come about? Um, <clears throat> How did it come about? I got asked. Oh, the um, the parent, she's absolutely lovely. Um, Nadine, she approached me after seeing the Spark That Chat campaign, mm-hmm. um, and she saw me on the um the project, and um, yeah, that was that's where she caught. Bro, have we caught up since nah, Spark not, Chat? No, nah, you were you were. Was it pre? <clears throat> not not far off launching it. So holy, we're, yeah, we're. Uh, I think we spoke um, the end of January, and I, and I put it up about the wow. second of February. So yes, yeah, you were not so far off. So much has happened. It was like the, the that that night you kicked off um, through South Thursdays. Really, and then yeah, not far away after that you were wow. launching Spark that Chat. So yeah, holy, there's been a Heaps lot of movement happened. since. Yeah, yeah, bro. Well, we could we you know could start from the beginning, but we'd be here all night. But anyway, <laughs> um, Nadine she approached me after seeing me on the project. That's where a lot of schools got the attention of. I mm. got the attention was on the project um, with Spark that Chat campaign, and they just really loved how I was the energy i guess of what i came across as and um she approached me and said yeah we're looking for a public we're looking for an um, inspirational public speaker to talk to our young fellas and be able to connect with them um 
would you be interested? And I said, yeah, absolutely. Of course. Yeah. So I've done, you know, before that I'd done, um, since, yeah, since then I've actually done a bit of public speaking in Hastings Boys as well. Um, along with, and that was our sessions, bro. That was awesome. Um, and then at the Chamber of Commerce at EIT as a young entrepreneur class. And I delete that, which was awesome. Um, and yeah, I've been, I was talking to Corin, who's an absolute legend. She's a triple amputee. She's an awesome lady. Hugely. Oh, she's, she's incredible. And we're talking about collaborating. We, uh, do Corin live in Australia for a little while? Yeah. Yeah, I have met Corin. Oh, true. She is amazing. Yeah, yeah. she is amazing, bro. Yeah. And um, we're looking to collaborate and perform, like, um, do public speaking together at, at different gigs and yeah we're actually catching up tomorrow for a coffee so yeah it's um being able to be relatable in different ways eh and mm. i think one of the biggest things was being with these young fellas is relatable you know mm. i'm not far out of school essentially and and doing this incredible things through mindset and like we talk about it just comes down to attitude so you know mm. just keeping shit simple and talking to these young fellas um just straight up and um yeah it was it was awesome bro and the feedback from it was so humbling man like from the parents to the teachers which i didn't even realize the principal was the principal until (laughs) a week later yeah and what do they call him the rector or something yeah Yeah, and i didn't had no idea what that meant (laughs) (laughs) uh education aid (laughs) um so I had no idea what that meant, but he he straight away after said like you know just thank you so much and and really impressive and really loved what it was about and he he after thanking me and he touched on points across my speech and and it was awesome to hear you know that like reflect but what he took away from it mm. um and then yeah just the feedback from the kids as well the the young fellas mm, mm. messages and and um and the parents bro like you know having mums come up to me after you know and in tears like or you know teared up because it hit so hard i touched on mental health and and you know a lot of people as we know go through it and have been affected by what happens you know with suicide and things like that so it really hit home for a lot of the mums as well so being relatable across the spectrum was pretty damn epic man mm, yeah no it's um pretty amazing like the the reach of reach of all this of what you've done jack it's pretty pretty outrageous and like it's interesting you, you say that um the project reached a bunch of schools like mm. <laughs> you know old discovery that have just taken over tv3 should listen to that one yeah. <laughs> but um yeah like you know you've, you've been across the rock you've been across um start off with the hits you know the zm and, and you know all all the, all the sort of ways of doing it and now you're sort of hitting it from different angles. You know, there's the, the day-to-day stuff. There's the platforms that you're across. There's, you know, being at an event, just hanging out behind a merch stand. Mm. Um, there's what now behind behind a stage, behind a DJ. And it's like, oh, that's, that's misfits. And it's just like, it's multifactorial bringing people in into the vibe and the message. And, and hopefully it's just that little bit of connection that someone can have. And um, find a tool, find find something that that um, gives them along, and you know we're we're past the shortest day. The light's coming, eh? And it's such mm. a such an analogy for 
anyone that has been, you know, especially here, like shit, haven't seen this much rain in Hawks Bay the whole two years I've been here, mate. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm constantly giving my bosses shit when it rains at, you know, what's this stuff? But, you know, you can find yourself when it gets dark like that, middle of winter, things are getting low, you might not necessarily see your mates as much, you know, you don't have those summer barbecues, those those drinks and catch ups and but yeah, like, you know, things keep going, things keep moving and, yeah. and there's plenty of tools out there to keep you on, eh? Yeah, bro. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's yeah, huge with actually what I put up today, bro, on the on the social media with um one of those mate it was a fifty two second snippet you probably saw it and it was around that resilience and mm. having the tools to be able to cope. Yeah. And um I think that's exactly it and understanding you're not alone you know the people out there there's we're all human and that's again getting back to relating that we have two arms two legs if we're fortunate Mm. and um and it's it's understanding that we're all as one and and it's up to you Mm. it's a it's choosing a or b or c or d or whatever like you know you that if you're fortunate to have that the opportunity and choice to be able to make the decisions of where you go from where Mm. you know that's that's it and and it comes down to choosing your attitude um in the super darkest of dark times you know and it's or even not choosing your attitude right there and then because you're so stuck but choosing to do something Mm. to get yourself out of that hole not choosing the easy route out of making that dumbass decision of taking your life which ends all but starts so much more for everyone around you it's it's taking that it's taking that hard step of either reaching out talking to someone about it or the way you're feeling or chucking your shoes on and getting outside and go for a run and breathe that fresh air Mm. take Mm. those deep breaths go thrash yourself up a hill or get on the trails or go paddle out into the ocean even if there's no waves you know like it's just make that decision to look after yourself like you know people forget about that Mm. to look after themselves and it comes down to respecting your body and mind Mm. and you know don't don't shovel shit in your mouth and and, you know like if that's it if it's not making you feel good don't do it like did you see that video that jimmy hunt shared the other day what was that some some Aussie comedian um it's it's called like why am i so anxious it's like if if you're anxious i'm sure it's horrendously confronting but um (laughs) it was it was basically that it was it was you know Oh, I'm so uh, I'm so enlightened or something, and it's like, but I don't know why I'm so anxious. And the guy's like, "Cause you're a fucking hypocrite, mate. You two weeks a week, you you get on the bags, and then you wonder why you're so so anxious. Like, nah, I can't be that. It's like, it's definitely that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. Put up, put up the nose candy. That'll that'll make you anxious, oh, mate. Oh shit, no, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's definitely shit that does make you anxious. That's for sure. Yeah, well, even even just too many beers, man. The Sunday's horrific. <laughs> Bro, yeah, absolutely. You know, what did I do? Didn't do anything, but what did I do? Yeah, what did I do? Yeah, hard out. And bro, back to um that that um the yarns about making that decision. Um, like relating today was the first time I could surf again for yeah. like the past four weeks, bro. And holy, it made me feel just through the uh through the roof, bro. I've just like so stoked. Just those simple things have not been... It's been pretty tough, bro, not being able to... I probably haven't had such a mentally tough time being injured mm-hmm. um, because I haven't been able... I guess because I live and breathe it and with the content and stuff and it's it's 
what I walk and what I talk sort of thing, you know, by action. But so do you feel a little bit imposter when you can't yeah, action it? Yeah, it annoys me, bro, because I want to and I can't though because mm. I'm injured. Um, and I understand it comes across with the game and I'm I'm talking about a four week injury. I'm just being a you know like a pussy and <laughs> it's it's people have twelve months injuries and long yeah. time. So. But yeah, it's it's been it's been gnarly. But really, coming back to, I've learned a lot, mm-hmm. even about myself and and you know management and things like that for body and mind. But yeah, bro, paddling out today, it wasn't even you know it was average surf, but there was waves there. It was super cold. It's wintry swell, wintry surf, and the boys paddling out with Joey, Joe Joey's Cole, birthday. and yeah, 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 bro, for his birthday wave, and then Lucas as well, and it was just um. It was incredible, bro. It's nuts what the ocean does for my myself, for my for my soul, for my head, for everything, and then what it can do for people. And no doubt that correlates across to every single waterman out there or people that know that feeling. Eh? If mm. It's just nuts what the ocean can do to you. I think that what you're talking about with the injury kind of um, harks back a little bit to that sort of seasonality of of seasons and life and as you go through things sometimes you know there are slower periods and it allows you to work on other things like you say the mental game become all of a sudden becomes massive because you've got to massive. you've got to acknowledge yourself you've got to listen to your body you've got to listen um to to you know what's going on in here what are those what's that self-talk look like you know and even throughout a little bit of the self-talk like oh no it's just nothing i'm rough you know some people you know mm. but you know for you it's at the time it's very real and and can be frustrating and so to be able to tap into those little bit of tools um is pretty amazing um and you know not i don't know how to word this but not to get hung up in in the lows that they're just a phase of life Um, yeah exactly and getting back to the um exactly that not Every, dwelling all of it yeah yeah bro not dwelling on it like it is literally and this is practicing what i preach you know in terms of taking these things as learning curves because as tough as gnarly and things have been because i've been crook as well bro mm. i've had like a cough and sinus for four <laughs> weeks bro i'm so i'm getting better now yeah but like i was essentially getting burnt out like mm-hmm. you know everything was getting so you know everything is going so crazy and i'm spinning so many plates and injuries started to stack up and um like niggly injuries mm. so i could still do it but it was niggly injury and i was probably running at 70 percent mm. and then so everything was still so full-on i could send it still was shooting you know heaps of content i was sending across all extreme sports right up until i had you know i've got i've still my tailbone i've coccydinia which is like a deep bruising that will can stay for like 30 years but it is what it is that was under rotating a backflip on a push bike and that was 12 months ago but and then this the um i just got the clear it's not it haven't got tendon damage but it could be cartilage in my wrist but it's all good it's on the mend um and then the final straw was paddled out and um for a surf and i was having an average surf as well bro like i'd it was just things weren't connecting mm. it, it got to the point that i needed like i needed to just like need to look after myself because mm. i was getting burnt out and then i fully sliced my foot open bro Ooh. and i took that like and i fortunately i um i 
caught one and I caught a shit wave in and I was like oh I need to get a good wave I need one like it was one of those days it was a really gnarly day and I was like I need to get a good wave before you know like before it goes pitch black it was pretty much pitch black (laughs) so I bailed and then um, ran up the beach at Tiawonga and then paddled back out and on dark I got a good wave and then I come back in bro and I like go to yarn to one of the boys and I was like Logs bro can you shine this light and um because i feel like there's like a cut on my foot and then i've like lift my foot up and it's covered in blood bro and i'm like what the fuck and then remember that that shit wave that i caught in my foot i t- went to take off on a minter bro it was it was a sick wave it was walling up and anyway I went to bottom turn and then my foot went straight off and it went smack over the gopro mount and it fully cut my foot open oh. without even knowing yeah and then i was just in the zone of like oh, i need a good wave no matter what so i ran up the beach with this cut <laughs> foot i was hanging in the water for like 20 30 minutes bro with this bleeding out yeah, foot in the shark. yeah no <laughs> shit shark bait <laughs> and then um and then come in and and that and then that happened bro and that was before we're going to auckland for a big (laughs) bit of a bender for johnny Mm. um and that was the final sort of straw of like bro take a step back you need to look after yourself and then you know i was crook and and i'm literally just like just mending up so like i surfed today and strapped it up and my foot's healed and my health is getting better mm. but you're just getting back to you've got to look after yourself bro and there's been some tough times mentally on this path through mm. injury and what's going on and um to the like fully extent of how busy i am now and mm. with everything it's um you need to first and foremost look after yourself like check in on yourself you know like that that what what we talk about checking on yourself you can't help others if you can't if you're not there for yourself and yet it is but you don't burn yourself out manage yourself well and just keep learning and in that time you know of this of essentially downtime of the extreme sports i've been spinning on bikes and finding to put that energy into other things you know i've still i need to exercise day in day out to be able to keep up top and keep mm. sane so i put that energy into um you know either um endurance cycling and then mountain running as well and getting into like peak running and things mm. like that and that was epic yeah it was just changing it up like change different scene. yeah bro change different scene it's just getting back to i reckon nature does it all getting back to nature mm. um this is probably something that you learned out of your campaign and talking with the counselors um for the brothers put up their post the other day um and it was about just reaching out to your mates and stuff and there's something around like it was simple or, or it's not it's it's an easy thing to do and i got some feedback that was like yeah i don't want um i don't want the flip side for anyone out there that is struggling to feel further inadequate because they're finding it hard to reach out and and we sort of went, went back and forth that like maybe maybe it isn't your mates but there, there is a professional space and and the person sort of said to me, "Yeah, that's true. I've been been in some professional spaces, you know, in our appointment, and I didn't talk till the last ten minutes. And it's like, but that then, you know, ten minutes worth, and the the feedback and the and the comments and the probing and the and the ideas and people knowing what questions to ask, then creates that little bit of confidence, a little bit of courage to then tell that." 
tiny inner, inner circle, you know, whether that's, um, you know, it might be your parents or it might be your loved one or, you know, um, your, your very, very best friend. Um, what what did you sort of get out of Spark That Chat and talking to the, to the counsellors about how that does become as simple as it sounds to reach out to your core, core people? Again, like you said, it, it ranges for a lot of different people and comfortability mm. in their own skin if they feel they can talk to anyone and it doesn't necessarily need to be your friends. It could be a complete stranger. It could be someone else. It could be a professional. Um, but it's it's just putting the fact of like it's not weak to speak and it's just like it's the best it is the best form of therapy mm-hmm. and their experience of myself and and the professional help but it's talking and if you can't feel like you talk just get out there and get like get back to yourself find yourself and and think about you know what are the issues get back to what you you feel like you need to sort out in that way and if you are in a deep hole it is you need to you need to be able to reach out to people and it, and like i said it doesn't necessarily need to be your mates but a professional and if that doesn't professional help you try another one mm-hmm. you know there's people out there for you there's always someone there that has your back and are looking out for you mm-hmm. and that is a that's a huge that because I, I, you know, taught and learned about that, you know, every, every professional is not good for someone, you know, you've got to really trust and learn and, and try, like, get along with these people that you sit down with and let your life out to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is also persistence. So not understand, not necessarily going the first time and going, fuck, I'm fixed. It's really, mm-hmm. it's like a physio. Or fuck it, it didn't work. But exactly. And, and, and it is like a physio. Mm. You, you go the amount of times I've been to physios you go there first of all after broken bones and stuff or you need to or you've got ligament or tendon damage or muscle damage and you're there and they they work on it with you from the get go and then as the time goes as the weeks go you repair and get better through their work they put into your muscles and your body and stretching and things it is just like mental it's just like psychologists and counsellors it is time. It, you're not fixed it's mm. like that. It is. It is persistence. It's understanding that it takes time to be able to break down different barriers. It's about. It's about turning up. It's about putting yourself in that situation where you can relate to someone and then get to know them and then start feeling comfortable with being able to talk about things. It's a process, and it's not easy. No, it's not easy at all, and it's nothing's easy in life if something's easy in life it's you know you're sort of kidding yourself you know like things that are hard tend to be the you know those are the biggest teachers those are the biggest things that define you of who you are and you can take it again it comes down to choice and I've really just learned so much around mentality um, since I last talked to you Mm. and and around that and attitude and being able to you know with choice and and really dig deep into to the way the mind and the brain works and humanity it's mm. so complex but it's just keeping shit simple eh physio is an awesome analogy as well because you know you're not just there for your one appointment a week 
physios absolutely fucking love it when you go home and do the the prehab and the rehab and then you know and that's also it doesn't stop there at your physio you know say it's say it's your eight appointments uh, and you know once you've done those eight appointments you don't go back to your to your sport of choice or activity of choice and do the same thing that got you injured again you you bloody nurse it back and you know especially especially with an injury you've got a vulnerability there you've got a and you've got a whole bunch of compensations that need a little bit of undoing and realigning and, and so it does take that time to sort of slow back down take a couple of steps back and then charge back into it and get get fully fit you know Bro, that is exactly it the 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 terminology of physio for muscles in your body is the biggest is the biggest relation to the to psychologists and counselors and that's what people really overthink you know people the stigma around like oh, i'm broken mm. I, I fuck it. if i go to the if i go to a counselor or a psychologist i must be broken fuck that mm. you're not you're you've you've got stuff going up inside your head just like if you tore muscles and stuff to go to a physio i don't understand around that and the knowledge around that but it definitely it came down to education of being amongst i felt like i was in therapy myself when i sat down and interviewed them both like it was heavy bro Mm. and what we talked about and stuff like that but it um it, it is the most the brain is the most complex thing on this planet you know like on this in our universe it's what makes us see each other it's what gives form it what makes sense of the world it makes it's everything it's everything it and, and so it is your perception it's 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 um it's incredible and it's so overlooked and it's not respected mm. like you know these psychologists and counselors are literally trained to be able to understand that in different you know like daniel absolute legend um clinical psychology he's a doctor in it like you know he's spent years and years studying it to be able to understand so he can work with people of different walks of life to be able to help them to dig deep to be able to talk and communicate and to it's um it's a physio session for the mind it's the physio session for the brain and i recommend anyone that needs it understanding not everyone will relate to certain and i believe just like doctors there's bad doctors and good doctors but it's about not stopping there Mm. if you're really at that edge if you're really going through tough shit and it is the last straw and you've made that decision of going to a psychologist or counselor and they don't help you it's not stopping there Mm. it's keeping on moving forward it's making decisions around that what really suits you have you been following um bike king lately yeah bro it's a bit fucking sad eh (laughs) oh it's ridiculous yeah, I, d- I, d- I did uh, read read the article from Andrew Little today. That was all was all around infra- infrastructure. The thing that the thing that blows my mind <clears throat> is um, like trying to get trying to get, to get access to that higher level. Um, so when when I look at optometry um, before COVID, when optometrists used to go to Australia and stuff. And I'm sure that's going to start again. There's like a shortage of optometry. And there's, when I went through, there was 50 odd people in the class. And I think there's up to 60 odd people in the class. New Zealand graduates 16 or maybe even 12 clinical psychologists a year. And because there's such a shortage, the majority of those clinical psychologists go off to, I think we talked about this last time, go off to like um, Oranga Tamariki or to the prison. 
and so Joe Joe blows you and I want to go see a clinical psychologist. We'd also front up with fucking two hundred bucks a session, mm. and you know, there's for so for like the public, it's it's hopeless. And and yeah, it's but tough. like you think about how many people do a psychology degree with the aspirations of being a clinical psychologist, but there's not the space for them to do the course. Now I don't I don't know the ins and outs, but I just think that's for a start. That's fucking bullshit. You can build all the all the outpatient clinics you you want, or the um, inpatient facilities you want. But when there's nobody to man the the place, you know what what what's the care that's going to happen to those people? And like that's where, and I, and I don't know if, if if the burden does lie with with us, but uh, it's it's trying trying to foster that community so that you can't uh, and 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 it's not the answer. I know that the answer is multifactorial. The answer is nuanced. And I don't know enough about it, but like, that's why this conversation is important. Like, mm. yeah, am I thinking about myself? Am I thinking about my mental health? Actually, my you know circle of influence. Am I thinking about them? Have I t- touched in on them? Because maybe maybe that's enough. It might not be enough, but you know, it might be something. It might you know, it might move the needle from those Bro, the ripple, shocking stats. The ripple, the ripple effect is a. <laughs> is an extremely I got shivers down my back bro just actually saying that the ripple effect is such a powerful thing mm. and that's exactly what you're talking about you know around checking in mates if your actions the influence you have on people around you like a simple act can really change the course of anyone's life mm. and it's keeping that in perspective as well of of you know if you are all there and you feel like you can talk as a as a healthy human is a healthy mate um checking on people around you that mm. you care and love about and that's where it can really help as well you know talking about the afford uh not you know the affordability of clinical psychologists and counselors sometimes are through the roof or they're booked up and they're booked out it's getting back to understanding that you know everyone goes through shit but just be there for your mates and the people around you mm. people that you love and care about just yeah. be there to for as a shoulder to lean on and and just keep shit simple keep things simple and if you can if you fortunately can operate like that spread that across your mates and and people that are finding it hard and tough yeah. just control the controllables eh? yeah personally like i don't know you can sort of sometimes see self-help books or whatever under the sun i know you're not the biggest reader but like um just started I did the sort of skim read of, of Dr. Paul Wood's newest book. It's called uh, Mental Fitness, but, but like the physio idea. And it, um, it was interesting hearing you talk about those topics in the in the 12 uh, gifts. And um, yeah, doing the sort of skim through of of Paul's book, it's, it's again those, those simple topics, those simple things, those simple tools that, that can help to engage. And now, now I'm going through the book. But yeah, like... If if you are in a mental state, uh, a mental state or a, um, a physical state, healthy state, you know, do yourself a favour and just you know check in every now now again on those tools. If you've got access to go on to some bloody you know character building course in your job, don't sit there and poo poo it and you know think it's yeah. think it's half a day off work. Actually engage and listen listen to those topics and think about how they might apply to your life because 
you know, as we just spoke about, if, if you are that person that's in a healthy state, you just might be able to influence, you know, one, two, three, four, five, and then the ripple effects. Yeah, the flow on, it's crazy. And that's, yeah, that's it always bettering yourself, eh? Yeah, bro. And just, you just keep bettering yourself, be the best you can be, because you just don't know what's around the corner. Yeah. Health, everything, life, the way everything is, just live every day. Not like it's your last, but live every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah to the fullest to your to your fullest of what that looks like of being your best self of being optimistic of being awesome right, bro so you and joe are uh, hosting the for the brothers walk yeah bro yep. yeah yeah what, that, what, this the, sunday this sunday yeah so the uh 27th yeah bro yeah and hawks bay and the, is that all around the country on the 27th uh it's they do it every two weeks so these just new regions taking off eh? so it's queenstown christchurch hawks bay so yeah joe and i are, are charging and leading the force on the sunday morning and it's going to be cool we yeah. had a zoom catch up with zane last night incredible team um and ryan from four of the brothers and uh a couple of chicks alice and tyler um from here who are awesome and doing good things in the mental health awareness state and and um yeah it's gonna be cool it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome look forward to you know again we for me as well the way you know i work and the way my brain operates when i say i'm doing this stuff like Mm -hmm. when it's they gets to a point i have to do it yeah like I walk the I've walked the walk once I've talked the talk, mm-hmm. um, and it it just for me it you know burns that fire, and it keeps it pumping. So you know we're doing a lot of this mental health stuff around social media, but I really like I'm so stoked to be able to do it into person, mm. like to be able to do face to face and help out, and that's where like surfing for farmers bro came in, and mm. it was really um gratifying being able to be face to face with people and like be there create an event where you can full-on be interactive and listen to them and give feedback on face-to-face terms and on personal on personal terms Mm. um so i'm really stoked to be able to move forward with being able to make that next step of of helping people face to face and and people that need it and just keen to come for a walk get out and have a yarn yeah, man. So that'd be that'd be cool. If you'd like, if you're in New Zealand, check out for the brothers, and yeah. if you're elsewhere in the world, yeah, check them out Definitely. too. They've got some yeah. awesome content as well. So yeah, yeah, that's what you're all about, mate. Good content. Yeah, very hard <laughs> out. entertainment. Good content on all on all sorts of spectrums, brother. Yeah, bro. Fuck, it's you know Hawks Bay, but we're starting to freeze our ass off here. I've got the heater on, but I don't think it's doing a job. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, good stuff. Yeah, bro. mate. And um, yeah, as you said, you're, you're on the on the improve. So I'll. I'll you get back home to your lovely missus and your two dogs which are nice and trained up for the night yeah brother yeah, all trained up all, all three of them oh yeah <laughs> jesus no shout out love you love you babe love you mickey <laughs> sweet mate this is me <laughs> fuck that, that's a great way to use it. no yeah lo, the nah. love part not the not the train yeah no nah, joking I'm the, I'm the train i'm the one that's bloody fortunate yeah brilliant yeah. brilliant mate so yeah as, as i said at the start awesome to do the last podcast in in hawks bay while i'm living here i'll probably i'll be back in hawks bay a bit um as i said i'll definitely be here for the old ball 
Sick. Yeah, Lord's Lord's looking likely as well, but uh, yeah. yeah, Los, that'll um, be awesome. Yeah, um, is it, is it, who does your graphics or a Tuck? Yeah, yeah, need to catch up with them and man, get some stuff done. Joey and Cam's the fellas, you know. They're yeah, absolutely. Bloody champions, hell of a hell of a crew, hell of a thing you're doing, Jack. And uh, yeah, thanks for being part of the Rural again, brother. Nah, absolute pleasure, brother. Thank you for awesome. having me. Cheers, oh, super sick, man. And um, got the bloody recording working, so. Don't have to take it off the video this time. Very nice, very <laughs> nice. It looks all, it's all awesome. Still setup. read, it's still recording, it's awesome. Awesome <laughs> setup, bro. Sweet. Good stuff. Mint.